throw. It would be nice to have a bug throw. It would be nice to have a bug throw. It would be nice to have a bug throw. It would be nice to have a bug throw. It would be nice to have a bug throw. It would be nice to have a bug throw. It would be nice to have a bug throw. I drank beer with my friends. Sometimes I had too many beers. I liked beer. I still like beer. Had beers, have some beers. One beer, drink beer, drinks beer, drank beer, and drinking beer. Upstairs, downstairs, where was it? I don't know, but I had one beer. Friday! We have beer center each week. Ralph Club biggest contributor. Yeah, beer. For that. I like beer. I don't know if you, okay. you like beer center or not. Um, what do you like to drink? Next week? I had one beer Friday. Yeehaw! Hanging out and having some beers with friends, which I gladly do and which I fully embrace. Well, do you think it was? Nope, there was one beer Friday. <laughs> Josh, it's happening. Cubs eight, White Sox one. And can you carry this segment for right now? Because I need to call Chicago about some World Series tickets. The Rockies won two, which is more impressive because they never win. Let's crack a beer open. Oh, hello. Let's crack. Oh my God, it's sprayed in my face. Thank you, John. It did. It sprayed in my face. And we have a nice little music It was like that. I was in the Creighton student section the other night. Liquid was flying. Oh, I was like, what was happening in the student section? There was a lot of liquid flying. Mm. Liquid a lot boys. of stuff just squirting randomly up in the air. Mm. Yes, the Cubs win today, so we're headed to the World Series, and it's a perfect time to celebrate a one-beer Friday. How about that? How about that? And today, our friends at Benson Brewery. They literally are the closest craft beer manufacturer to us. Yes. They're like right up there. Up there. This is... The story of a girl. Damn it, you beat me to it. Cried a river and drowned the whole world. The Bee Passionate Fruited Sour. I love sours so much. Do you? This is the summer of sours for me, I think. I want to get more into sours. I love sours. I like sours. This is really good. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much to the Nebraska Craft Brewers Guild as well as Benson Brewery for this delicious brew. Share yes. what you're drinking with the hashtag One Beer Friday, and you could win Including a prize. Including some pack. of it that ended up on mm. my face. Mm-hmm. The prize, awesome. It did. It literally squirted in my face. Prize pack. As I was opening the can. Let him say the thing, John. A pint glass and a gift card. Thank the Benson you, Benson Brewery. Thank you, Nick. Having to dry my face. John, I know, but we get it. You got sprayed in the face. It yes, happens. I did. You're that's the first special. time that's ever happened on One Beer Friday. No, it's not. Yeah, I've you never, do it like every week. I've never been squirted on. John, one the beer amount Friday. of times I've gotten wet during One Beer Friday is incountable. Okay, well, mm-hmm. this is the first time it's. I just wanted. To, I just wanted the sound effect close to the microphone. I love the sound effect. It's close a good to sound effect. But uh, thank you, Benson Brewery. So send us your picks. Nick will 
crawl into your DMs. Oh. Like the rodent he is. Rodent? Can I be a cool rodent? Like sure, you can be You can be a cool Let rodent. Let me be a squirrel. You want to be a squirrel? Go I ahead. I love squirrels. What and, is uh, happening right How long Nick, have you guys been drinking? About 90 seconds. Mm. Uh, and uh, Nick will pick one at random so you can get that $25 to Benson Brewery and the pint glass from Benson Brewery. Hell yes. Also, great food. Great food at Benson Brewery. Oh, it, uh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I've eaten there numerous times. It is always very, very good. Love their burgers. Burger? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of their burgers. I like I, burgers. Good. Yeah. Well, I said I had some more stats, but this time it affects all of us. Remember that, uh, and we were just talking about this a couple of days ago, the uh, bitterly cold weather that we experienced? I do remember. Yes. The uh, National Weather Service in Omaha posted this. NWS. Oh. This is our uh, daily temperature during winter. Oh. (laughs) And, of course, you can see the week and a half where it was really, really cold. Yep. But look at the rest of the graphic. Essentially, so the line, if if like the tiny baby lines, that is average, right? So when we're there, yeah. we're where we should normally be yeah, on average, a normal day. Average is straight across. I mean, ba- I mean, well, actually, I, I take that back. It's that's not average. I'm sorry, Josh, but the the line is zero degrees. Oh, okay. The mm-hmm. line is. Oh wait, no wait. No, no it is. No, yeah, it does say daily temperature departure from normal. Okay, so Departure that is that is normal. like so. If it's there, so it's zero, zero is average. Yes. yes. So yes. we're resetting the bar. So anything above zero, that's an above average high temperature. Anything, anything below. below is a below average. The point that I was trying to make is essentially winter has either been well above average or well below average. Yes, there but mostly been, above. But mostly above. There is. I mean, really, it's the stretch at the end of 2023 until the end of last month where it was normally either. Right around average or a lot colder. But otherwise, most of December and certainly most of February has been spectacular. If you look, the most most of the days of this winter, going back to December, have been at least 10 degrees above normal temperature. Mm. Wow. Mm. If, you, if you look at the graphic, only that, only in January where... You know, right before the cold snap, it was barely above normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it, you know, dipped way below normal. Nick, what's up with this tood you got going on there, bro? This does not agree with me. I don't like it. I like it's conflicting, right? Oh, I thought you were getting, I thought Nick was about to do the, he's worried about what's to come. Nick is thinking about the planet right now. Yes. Well, the planet's not doing good, but at least it's been comfortable. Right. And that's the conflicting part because I can go tickle chains now. Mm-hmm. I love tickling the chains, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's February. You Nick shouldn't will be able ha- to tickle chains Let's hate it when it's the summer and it's a billion degrees. When John and I are working in and the booth. And me, and me, sweating my sweet tush off. But isn't, I mean, isn't that crazy? This has been a very mild winter, all things considered. Very mild. Yes. A very mild winter. It's that been week, a mild that winter. Week, that week sucked, though. It, it was horrible. That week and a half was really bad. You know, I, I, I'm i looking at the extended, the extended cast, and now even next Tuesday isn't looking as bad as it was supposed to. It's now uh, 49, Wednesday is 44, and those days originally were a lot lower. Mm-hmm. 
we're still going to be in for something. Like, I just cannot imagine that we're going to get through it like this. But wow, we have, I, I mean, we have certainly made it through the worst of winter. We will not have any any two-week stretch anywhere near as bad as the one that we had. Oh, no, no, no. We won't. This will, this payback, people keep thinking payback is going to come with a crazy snowstorm. I have changed my tune now, and I think we hit on this a little bit. Payback is going to be a bitch because it's going to happen in June. Mm-hmm. For us. Yeah. For, for, for folks like me who imagine dreaming about a 30-minute in-between show, suddenly I'll be on for two whole hours. That is going to be a bummer, man. Aha! I want to go home. I want to be with my dog, petting him, hugging him, holding him, well, the dog telling him what a good boy he is, Mr. Banks. What will you say? Yeah, I said nothing. Wow. I said nothing. Wow. I, I, you know, while we while we're drinking beers, I wanna I wanna raise a a, a glass and congratulate Washington State, the state of Washington, no, or the no, Cougars, the Cougars. Oh, Cougars! Last man. night they beat number four Arizona. Do you know who's in first place in the Pac-12 conference with two weeks to go in the regular season? Is it Washington State? That'd be the Cougs. What? Pac-12. How cool is it that the schools that are getting left behind, I mean, Oregon State and Washington State both had fine football seasons last year. Mm -hmm. And now Washington State could win the Pac-12 conference while everyone else leaves them for supposedly richer pastures. I am proud of you, Washington State. I love to see this. Stick it to the man that's sticking it to you. Wow, again, lefty John strikes again. Mm. Stick it to the man. I appreciate this this part this of you, This is great. Oh, uh, John. They've won eight straight Pac-12 games for the first time since 1947. Mm. How big is their arena? I don't know. Because their football stadium been, is tiny baby. I've never been to Wazoo. Beasley Coliseum. I'm going to guess yeah, I was gonna say, 9,000. A little low. 12. Okay. That Honestly, I would have guessed closer to a single-digit number two. I would agree with you. What, one? No. One person? No, I. yeah, you're right. That was, that was an idiotic thing by me. Speaking of idiotic, KD writes, I turned on the show just now for the first time in a while. His 49ers lost the Super Bowl, so he ditched us. Uh, Very sad. I My heart goes out for you. Jeez. You do know that we weren't necessarily cheering for the Chiefs, right? He was. And sure enough, here's Josh promising dumb things. What? What is What is this? What am I promising? I'm telling you, folks, the weather is going to be mostly good. And this is what I'm here for, because you two yahoos say things, and then I don't say anything dumb, ever. Yeah. So okay. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't go that far. I'm mm-hmm. a smart boy. Well, yesterday uh, at this time, we were talking about the college football playoff and the fact that the oh. the folks behind it are already looking at expanding it, even though we've never even had a 12-team playoff yet. Correct. It's all theoretical expansion for later. The idea is, well, we'll go to 14 teams. Oh, and... What if we had guaranteed bids, a guaranteed number of bids per conference? So, for example, 14-team playoff, four bids are guaranteed to go to the Big Ten. Four bids are guaranteed to go to the SEC. That has been proposed yeah, and has been talked about. And quite honestly, I would be surprised 
if we didn't get some form of guarantee. Maybe not as many as four. Maybe it's only two. Or maybe it's three. I don't know. But I predict in the next iteration of the contract, there will be guaranteed bids for conferences. Yeah. And the Big Ten and the SEC will have more guaranteed bids than anybody else. Yeah, we. we I, I think that happened. I thought you proposed a lot of things yesterday, some down ballot uh, things, if you will, that are going to happen because of this that maybe not everybody is thinking about right now. And the more that I think about this stuff, the more frustrated I get, I'll be honest. Um, you know, one of the things, John, that I don't know if his, if it's been talked about enough, but I've started, you know, hearing and reading about it a bit more lately is how much the group of five has changed. Think of a decade ago or even five years ago and think of the best group of five programs that were in college football. Five years ago, certainly UCF was in that conversation, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, among others, and I think that they would be a, a great example, but Cincinnati was there, USF was there, Houston, they were coming off of a very nice run as well. I just named, what, four or five schools, and all but one of them, and that would be USF, have now moved up. The group of five has changed to such a degree that as someone who l- wants their involvement, who thinks that it's important, I worry that in whatever happens over the next two years might actually lead to a further cutting off of the group of five because there just aren't those good teams anymore. I saw this stat yesterday about group of five players and roster turnover. This was from Chris Hummer, who writes for 24-7 Sports. He says that of the players returning to college football in 2024, 39.3% of G5 first-team all-conference selections transferred during the winter window. I'll just round that slightly up. That 40% is what we're talking about. That number was just 10.5% in the Power Five. So think about that. You have, first of all, the best group of five programs, like the BYUs of the world, and I know they were independent. Mm-hmm. The Houstons, the Cincinnatis, uh, the UCFs, even SMU now is in the ACC. All of these these programs have moved up. The best one at the moment is is like, what, Liberty? And so there, the, you you brain drain, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then there is the brain drain of the players. And so I go back to what you just said a moment ago about the Power Five and the number of guaranteed spots for the SEC and the Big Ten. And then I think of the guaranteed spot that we will see for at least two years with the group of five schools. And I wonder if even that is about to be a relic of the past. And as someone... Like, I'm still going to watch. I still will celebrate. I still love this sport. But this this is the stuff that I think is really souring me on the business of college football. Because yeah. And there's been a, a, quite a few listeners this week that have said, like, it's like they don't care about us. It's like they don't care about what we want. And I think that I think that whenever someone says that, they're they're right. They're not wrong. But it's it's just frustrating, man. And, and it's it's I think it's idiotic. I guess is the way that I would say it. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, we are... It does feel like the uh, steam engine is picking up some steam. This is, you know, like the the ultimate scene at the end of uh, Back to the Future 3 where they, uh, you know, they're having to use the locomotive to get to 88 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And it feels like Marty has just thrown in the next... uh, 
special log on mm. the fire mm. to uh, get that boiler going and uh, pick up some more speed. I think we've done that. Yes. And we're moving faster now towards the ultimate, which is whether it comes in the form of an all-out breakaway or at least a football breakaway or something where the the makeup of major college football is going to be dramatically different. A schism. And there won't be places for others. There, there or, won't, John. Or if there are... Um, I, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know if I see it happening. Now, the only thing that could save that, sadly, is, you know, court cases. But at this point, you know, with today's court decision that, if you missed it earlier, there's been an injunction on the NIL rules that the NCAA can apply. So technically today, there are no NIL rules um, because a court has held that up while that case is being heard. And the 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 fracture and the split, the the canyon that exists between the haves and the have nots is getting bigger and it's getting bigger almost exponentially now. And it's just not gonna be feasible. The thing the reason why the NFL works is because the little markets like Green Bay and Kansas City can still play with the big markets like New York and LA because there's there's a there's a sharing of the of the pie. Mm-hmm. And that the biggest part of the pie is the national TV rights. And that's what keeps everyone solvent and moving ahead. And of course you also have a salary cap, um, which you know helps keep things in line. There's none of that in college football. And I spe- I spoke to this yesterday. There is an there is an attitude, even though you have teams that are going after each other's throats, there is still an element where there is a voice in the room that is always trying to keep people together and say, what we do for this game has to be for the betterment of all of us, not for the betterment of just a few of us. There is not that voice in college football. The two most powerful voices in college football belong to the commissioners of the SEC and the Big Ten. Because they have all the brands, right? Mm -hmm. The SEC and the Big Ten have the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Giants. The rest of the conferences have the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals. They're lower brand but the difference is in the NFL, everyone's pushing towards the same thing, and that's making us all rich. But at the college level, it's about, nope, just making my little faction rich. The SEC is about making SEC rich. The Big Ten is about making the Big Ten rich, and there's not a singular voice in the room bringing everyone together. And I don't, I don't see that happening at this point. The voice that's going to be heard are going to be the voices of the Big Ten and the SEC who are so big they can't they can't quite break away from each other but they'll learn to work together but it'll end up being one big league made up of predominantly those teams and maybe they'll bring on a few others 
who bring some value, like Florida State, for example. Maybe a Clemson, a Notre Dame, certainly. But that's where we're trending. That's 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 where we're trending with all of this. And it, it, it's going to take a lot of weird and different paths to get there, and it certainly has already. But that's where it's going. And I don't see anything stopping it. Yeah, a few comments along those lines. Michael writes, it's going to be near impossible for a G5 to grow a program to P5 status now. Income disparity will be even more insurmountable. And as soon as teams get good, they'll be rated through the portal in NIL. And along those lines, John, on YouTube, a few of them hit on the same sentiment. Sadusker fan said Super Conference has killed college football. Then Jordan says the group of five is now just a farm system for the Power Five. Yes. To which Sad Fusker fan says the G5 is the farm system for the Power Two. And as I see a 32-team league and all the rest go into a lower division, Sam asks a question along those lines. I kind of just wonder if we end up with an F1 slash European soccer setup for college sports where there's always going to be extreme unfairness because what's the mechanism to force centralization like the big four pro sports? And what he said there is what you were just saying. There isn't that voice in the room that says, is this good for everything or is this just good for us? See, and I, I'm always stunned at like emails like this from Zach that says it's not up to the SEC and the Big Ten to act as the welfare state for the rest of college football. Like, I don't get why you want this. I don't get why this is what you think is good. How Zach is, I think, my age or older. He's grown up watching this sport, and th- and he thinks that this is the play. Didn't what did you fall in love with? Listen, what, what, I, do you, what do you want from this sport? I get it. It's a lot easier to think that way today here because Nebraska's already in the rich neighborhood. Yeah, I guess. But I warn you, so, as just, even if we get to that point where it's the Big Ten and the SEC, that's not going to stop the, for lack of a better term, evolution of this sport. Because you know what the next thing will be? And it may run concurrent with all of this. The the lessers in those rich neighborhoods are going to start to be kicked to the curb. Like a Vanderbilt, for example. And while Nebraska is not at maybe at that stage of the game, it's... Don't always assume that you're always going to be in with the in crowd because you can lose favor in a hurry. You really can. If there's one thing the last few years have taught us, there is no real loyalty. No. There is no real loyalty. Nebraska's fortunate. Yes, they're in the gated community right now. There's no guarantee of that. In 20 years. Zach on YouTube writes, Josh doesn't want Nebraska to play those teams, but you want to save them. Doesn't make sense. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I've never said I don't want Nebraska to play them. I don't want Nebraska to only play them in the non-conference. I want to have both. I want the schedule like it is now where, for example, this upcoming season. Now, I wish they didn't have an FCS school on the on the schedule, but that's besides the point. But there is a Power 5 school on the on the schedule. Yeah. What, what did they have in uh, 2020? Three. They had a Power 5 team in Colorado, and they had Group 5 teams in, what, La Tech, and can't even remember the other mm-hmm. one. I like that. I I think that that is a fine balance. 
I don't I don't want it to move in this direction though, where it is two conferences and thirty two teams or whatever the number ends up being. Even though I look, I have given up hope that it, that won't be the case. The more that we get into this, the more I look back at some of our discussions from a few years ago and think like we were prophetic on what was going to come to college mm-hmm. football. And and where we were wrong was the speed in which it happened. Yes. I thought that this would be a longer play, not a it's 2024 and we're having these discussions. My biggest argument is I don't want NFL light. The the thing that makes and, and, and it goes just beyond however many teams can play for the biggest prize. It's also about how it ends up looking. Because the thing I love about college sports is everyone's got to say. Just about every state in the union has somebody who plays major college football. Most yeah. every state. Obviously, we don't have a FBS school in Alaska. But most every state has a say, including Nebraska. I like that. The thing that I worry about, in addition to super conferences, is what happens when we get to super conferences. Because at some point, the only way you're going to be able to get away from Title IX is to untether. Which is to separate either whole athletic departments or at least the football or money-making side of things from the rest of the university. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Title IX is going to get in the way of a lot of pay-for-play scenarios. Unless you're willing to pay everybody. Which they definitely aren't. And because, listen, the same attitude that says, well, why should the Big Ten and the SEC carry the freight for everybody else? That same argument will be used, why should football carry the freight for volleyball? Why should football carry the freight for softball? Why should, vo- or why should I'm sorry, why should football carry the weight for track and field? That same sentiment's there. It's there now, but it's going to get stronger. And the thing about college sports is, it is different from the NFL. Yes, it's played at a lower level, but there's a different, there's just a different vibe about it. There's a different esprit de corps to it that makes it more appealing. If college football, if major college football goes closer and closer to what the NFL is, all it's going to be is a lesser version of something that I can watch on Sunday. And it's going to make it a hell of a lot less palatable for me to want to watch it. Yeah. Do I watch more of the brand names than I do the non-brand names? Of course I do. But that doesn't mean I don't think that those non-brand names don't have the right to exist. That's been my biggest problem with all of this. Because I want college sports to continue to feel like college sports. Maybe that's just an outdated notion these days. I'd like to think we can still hold on to something. I like the fact that Creighton University can play the University of Nebraska. Under a future system, I don't know if that's going to be possible. I don't want that. I don't want I don't want Iowa State to get left out in the wilderness or Kansas. Or Vanderbilt. They shouldn't have to. Yeah, but how about this from Kate? There's enough to go around if you get enough people to agree that, you know what, we can make this work. Follow the lead of what the what the folks in the NBA have done and what the NFL have done in that 
if we all look out for each other, we can all go stronger together. And how about this from KD? Going back to the emailer, Zach, not the YouTube commenter, Zach. He said, Zach's response is the exact problem we see with a lot of people in normal life. It's all about me and not about what's best for everyone. And, I mean, spot on. I would also say, like, the Big Ten and the SEC didn't need to prop up other leagues for years. Everyone was able to exist. Yes, they were. I mean, like, I heard a question this week that I found really interesting because I was trying to figure out my answer to it, and that was like, if you could go back to a particular moment in college football's history in terms of alignment of teams and leagues, what was the best time for it? Because essentially, in all of my life, you know, whether it's with Penn State going to the Big Ten in, in the early 90s and everything that followed, we have always been in this perpetual state of conference realignment. And, I, and it certainly started reaching a much darker stage where a decade and a half ago, when Nebraska was doing stuff, it was like, whoa, this is really fun. And then Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC and the, the Big Ten did what the Big Ten did. And it just all changed. And I so I was trying to figure out that answer. And But anyway, I, I use that example to go back to the 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 comment it's like why can't why can't we just have it the way it was why why does the Big Ten and the SEC and all these why do they have to negotiate their own contract why can't everyone just do this together we like college football for the charm at least I thought we did I did I like it I like it for the romantic ideals and I know that it, as you get older it's harder to keep those closer to your to your chest because you kind of see how the sausage is made but college football is not the NFL for better. And for worse, but in yes. my opinion, for better. Yeah. I like what college football is. Even if I know on Sunday I'm going to see a superior version of the product, I like college football for the pageantry, for the geography, for the different makeup of rosters and, and offenses and defenses and coaches and personalities, fan bases. And the the more that goes away, the less... Like, if you love fo- college football for the charm... You're losing the charm. Yes, you are. And then it's just. We've lost already a lot of charm. And then it's just football. We've already lost some of the charm. And I'm reminded of what Dave Bartu said earlier this week. The, the fewer the teams you have, the more contraction there is. Guess what, friends? Somebody's got to lose. Yeah, that is the, the funny part in all Somebody's this. Somebody's got to lose. Because where you and I disagree is that I do think Nebraska will always have a seat at the table of whatever is next. But I don't know if people like. What could come from being at the seat of that table? Like Steve just tweeted in, he said that yes, Nebraska is in the rich neighborhood, but we've been living in what's now become a teardown house. Nebraska is in the neighborhood. In my opinion, they will always be in the neighborhood. That does not mean, though, that they get to have a good seat at the table when it's Thanksgiving time. They might be at the kitty table. I mean, just like in the NFL, everyone's in the NFL. What a life! You are a one of thirty-two teams, or one of however many players. But there's got to be the Chiefs. There's also got to be the Panthers. And right now, Nebraska is certainly closer to the Panthers than they are the Chiefs. Shout out to Matt Rule. Shout out to Matt Rule. Who used to coach the Panthers. Bingo. How appropriate. But yeah, it does feel like we are steamrolling even faster and faster to this. And and the playoff actually could be the breakoff point. Where it really... And listen, the rest of these leagues, are they're just trying to do their best to hold on and... They're probably going to give away a lot more. They've given away a lot of concessions. They're about to give away even more. Well, yeah, soon they, they will have no concessions to give right. because they won't. No one will care about them anymore. Exactly. The powers will say, "Oh, thank you, but we don't need yeah, your we'll, we don't we'll, need your input here, Bob." We'll take it all for ourselves. Coming up. Speaking of taking it all for themselves, 
I'm kind of like the SEC and the Big Ten of predictions. I get mm. all the riches, and all the spoils. everybody hates you. They hate me because they ain't me. It's not how the quote goes. You hate, you hate me because you ain't me. It's not the mm. quote at all. Mm. Less funny, but it's way. time for a new round. It is chance for one of you guys to actually win. I have one more than Josh. Have you? Yes. Mm. Well, well, barely. I think I might have more statistics on that. Oh, but yes, predictions oh. is coming up, and we're in that glorious time where we get a cornucopia of sports, like Formula One. This is the that's not even started this weekend, Nick. I looked it up for you. And I, I know like, oh, it's next week. It is stupid ass sport. Why isn't it in February? Dumb sport. Next on 1620 The Zone. Nick Grimm for Circus Sports Iowa. You know, with both basketball teams starting to show up on brackets, it's time for you to grab a new companion as we head into March. With Circus Sports Iowa, you can keep track of and play along with many games as we get into this dance season. They offer tight money line splits, they won't limit you for constant winning, and they don't keep as much money on large market bets and other places like to do. Also, their customer service is just the best. There's no AI. There's no bad chat bots. It's just real-life people who want to give you real-life help and all the hospitality of Las Vegas, but in the palm of your hand anywhere in the state of Iowa. Download your new sportsbook now and use it anywhere in Iowa, Circa Sports Iowa. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-238-7633.